All right. Welcome to Talking Nonsense with Brian. I'm your host, Brian Clough. Today, we're going to have a great time. If you like the show, please subscribe and like us on Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Podchaser. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Nonsense with Brian. Today, I've got Dr. Tom Luttrell with us today, who's going to go over some important tips for the guys who are getting up in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and uh, maybe want to hit the gym, work out a little bit, live a better lifestyle, be a little bit more healthy. I'm going to go ahead and introduce Dr. Tom and let you tell us a little bit about yourself, Tom. Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Tom Luttrell. I am a chiropractor in the South Florida area. I am board certified in addictions and I'm working on my PhD in sexology. And you might not see the link between them, but when I got board certified in addiction, they had a sexology program with the addiction major. So I saw it as another way to increase my knowledge in the addiction field. I've been a chiropractor since 1998, so that's 23 years now. And I specialize in something a little different and that's called mobile chiropractic. I come to my patients and treat them at their home or their work site so they don't have to drive or wait in the waiting room. And it gives people the convenience of getting care at their comfortable place like their home, their office, a friend's house, uh, some cases even outside. Well, addiction and sexology, I think a few people out there can uh, relate to that. <laughs> I, can, I can think of a few right now. But uh, Dr. Tom, I noticed you've uh, been seeing you at the gym lately. You've been hitting it pretty hard, going with uh, high weights, low reps. What's your theory on that? Well, I've actually been doing a lot of studying in nutrition. And in the last couple of years, I've done a lot of studying in testosterone stuff and finding natural boosters for testosterone. Uh, for me, the better way to increase your testosterone is to do it naturally, where you're basically letting your body do the work, not supplement it with some drugs that are being injected into you. Once you start injecting, your body adapts to that and stops producing the testosterone. So you're better off inducing your body to release more on its own and not having the ne negative effects of your body trying to equalize those extra supplements that you're putting in, in terms of injections of testosterone. Now, I've heard zinc is a good thing to use uh, to replace testosterone. Uh, what are your theories on that? Well, zinc is definitely very important. Actually, it's the component of oysters that make them an aphrodisiac. Uh, and zinc is also very important for your immune system. So it's one of those things you want to really keep in high levels in your body for resistance to COVID. Also, recently I just read a study from Cleveland Clinic that they said it reduces your risk of getting COVID-19 by 30% if you take melatonin. Melatonin, really? And if you're Afro-American, it reduces it 52%. Really? That's a staggering uh, reduction in your risk. So it, it's well worth making sure that you have that in your diet. Also, another important thing to realize that may sound kind of weird to you, but every time you ejaculate, you lose zinc. There's a lot of zinc in your sperm. So if you're having a lot of sex, you're going to be losing a lot of zinc. And if you're not supplementing it, you're not only going to have less zinc in your body for your next ejaculation, but you're also going to be reducing your risk to getting COVID-19. 
How much zinc should the average person get? Uh, it, I'd say about 25 to, to 50 is a good level to keep yourself uh, at. But, you know, use what's on the bottle and listen to your body and see how your body responds. But definitely, if you're low in it, you're going to see a big difference. If you're not low, you know, that's one thing about supplements. A lot of people say, you know, oh, I got great results in this. And you try it and you say, I get nothing. Right. There's a couple of reasons. One, we're biochemical individuals. What affects you one way is not necessarily going to affect me the same way. But more importantly, if you're deficient in it, taking that supplement will make a big difference in your life. If I'm getting plenty in my diet and I add some more in, my body's not going to see a big difference. You're not going to notice anything. Yeah. Right. I know once COVID hit, I was listening to a lot of podcasts and uh, I listened to Joe Rogan in particular. And he always uh, stressed to take uh, vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc as your main, uh, you know, to build up your immune system against it. And he said that a lot of people are very deficient in vitamin D specifically. Um, have you heard anything along those lines? Or? Definitely vitamin D is very important. And unfortunately, a lot of people are under the misconception that they can get out in the sunlight and get vitamin D. And according to a study that I read by Dr. Mercola, basically, it sounds strange, but your body takes vitamin D into the oils of your skin. Okay. And it's fine in that respect that it takes it in that way, but it takes about two days for your body to absorb it. The problem occurs that when you go home after being out in the sun, you take soap and you wash your skin and you wash off those oils so you don't absorb that vitamin so D. So the, the vitamin D doesn't actually get past the oils? It doesn't get absorbed into your body, right? So once you take a shower, you're just taking... So the tip I would say is make sure that when you are out in the sun, when you come home and wash, try to just use soap in your, maybe your armpits and your groin area Right. at the end. So you wash yourself, you know, by hand for the rest of your body. If there's not too much sand that you don't, that you have to use soap, but just wash your body with just regular water. And at the end, put a little soap in and use your arm, you know, your armpits and your groin area where it's a little more sweaty and use soap in those areas. And so the rest of your body will still have a chance to absorb it more of the vitamin D at least anyway. Huh. Uh, so but vitamin C is definitely important. Uh, one good tip for the vitamin C is there's a form of vitamin C called the liposomal vitamin C. And liposomal vitamin C is very special. And the reason why it's special, liposomal is a new technology. They started using it for drugs and now they're using it for supplements. And liposomal vitamin C is a very advantageous form of vitamin C as compared to regular. And let me give you an understanding of why. How do you, how do you spell liposomal? L-I-P-O-S-O-M-A-L. Okay. And liposomal basically puts a fatty layer around that, that supplement. And so your body absorbs it readily. It doesn't have to go through the digestive tract. So, for example, for vitamin C, if you take vitamin C, your body, your body will absorb, if I remember correctly, around 10 to 15%, maybe 20% of that vitamin C. Oh, wow. Now, when you get intravenous vitamin C, like you would get in the hospital, your body absorbs about 95% of that. Uh, but with liposomal, you'll get about 75 to 80%. And you don't have to go to a hospital for it. <laughs> so let's say, like, uh, I get those gummies from, you know, Publix or... Walmart or something like that. How much uh, am I actually absorbing with yeah, those? Yeah, for that, you're, 
between maybe 10 and 20 percent of oh, that. Oh, geez, that low, huh? So with liposomal, you can take high dosage. See, the, the other problem with vitamin C is if you start taking over two grams, a gram and a half, two grams, it can loosen your stools. In other words, you might have diarrhea. And so you don't really, it's an adverse effect. It's not a good thing. But liposomal and IVD or uh, inter, uh, the IV vitamin C, your body absorbs most of it. It doesn't reject it, and you can take higher than a couple of grams. So with liposomal, you can take five or ten grams and not have to worry about running to the bathroom or having loose stools. And in the case of COVID, you, if you do get COVID, higher doses of vitamin C is what you want. And you're not going to be able to do that with regular vitamin C because you're going to be basically sitting in the toilet for the long want, period of time. You, you don't, don't want, want that. that. I also started taking um, quercetin. You ever hear of that? I'm not too familiar with that, no. It's supposed to increase the absorbability of the zinc supplements that you take. It's spelled with a Q, Q-U-R. It's probably, if I had to make a guess, if I, without looking at it, I bet you it's a liposomal form of vitamins or zinc. Okay. Uh, that's where things are starting to head because the technology of liposomal usage of, uh, like I said, it started with drugs, I think, in the don't quote me on this. I think it was back in the 50s or 60s. But now it's made it to the supplements. And it's just that one of the best ways to take drugs and vitamins because your body, it doesn't go through your digestive tract, so it doesn't create as many disturbances in your body. Huh. Interesting. Now let's get on to the big T, the testosterone. Okay. Well, one of the biggest factors in testosterone is stress. And if you're stressed out, you're going to go into the fight or flight mode and your body's basically going to shut down your testosterone levels. Uh, also, another factor that's very important to point out, if you're taking high cholesterol medication, basically testosterone is produced from cholesterol. So if you lower your cholesterol, you're going to lower your testosterone. Hmm. Uh, one of the side effects of that hypercholesterol medication is that it's going to create a situation where you end up needing to use Viagra where you might not have needed it before. That's no good. No, I don't <laughs> see that as a positive in my, in my mind either. <laughs> but a big factor is stress. And stress is an easy term to throw out there, but it's divided into multiple categories. You have physical stress. Say that you really, really worked out hard today, or you, know, you worked outside all day long and you really overdid it. Uh -huh. Well, that's going to suppress your testosterone. If you have too much stress because you didn't get enough rest last night, you didn't get your sleep, that's going to increase your corticosteroids in terms of stress because you're going to be more stressed out the next day if you didn't get your sleep. And you don't want, don't want high class, uh, corticosteroids. That's what's going to bring your testosterone down. And obviously, if you maybe have a stressful day at work or something, that's not going to Help I mean, out, again, or... you know, we're always going to have stress. Stress is always going to be there. And it's not, stress isn't always bad. You have to have stress in life. And stress can be a motivator. You know, sometimes you need stressful things to push you because you don't want to just say, oh, I don't have any stress. I don't have any bills to pay. I'm just going to sit around the house all day long and do nothing. But knowing that you have to pay bills, it stresses you out. So you got to go out and work and make sure money and do things that will help you in the long run. But the bottom line is controlling your stress. Uh, another important factor in controlling, excuse me, your stress, it's actually completely under your control, and it's something that we don't think it is. 
Let me give you an example I've been using with my patients lately. <laughs> okay, I could say to you, Brian, you're an asshole. And you could just look at me and Pretty laugh. Pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you could look at me and laugh and say, Tom, you're just a comedian. And brush it off and it becomes nothing, right? Right. Your brain interprets it with no stress. Now, inversely, I could say, Brian, you're the best guy in the world. And you inversely could be mad at me. You could literally be t defensive and mad at me saying, Bastard called me an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just saying you're a good guy, you're like, oh, what's he trying to get from me? What's he trying to butter me up for? What's he trying to manipulate me for? Right. But the point I'm trying to make is you determine in every scenario whether something's stressful or not. If somebody cuts you off, you can say, wow, they're having a bad day. Instead of yelling and screaming at them and saying, calling them an asshole and saying they've screwed up your day just because they cut out in front of you and cut a few seconds off your time to get to work or wherever. I think most of us listening to this podcast are going to be yelling out the window. But, <laughs> <laughs> but think about it this way. When you're driving, have you ever made mistakes driving before? Uh, probably there's once. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want somebody to forgive you? Depends how bad it was, you know. <laughs> but if you want them to forgive you, then you need to forgive them. So when you can let that go and let them go without being angry, it's better for you. The bottom line, the worst thing you can have is have somebody cut you off. And 20 minutes, a half hour later, you're still you're thinking still about angry. it. And two hours, three hours later, you're telling me about somebody who cut you off two or three hours ago. That's still in you. And that's your yeah. problem. That's creating stress in your body. And that's reducing your testosterone substantially right there. So just let it go. Right. And, and it's not easy to do. I personally believe most of the reason why you have stress is not so much genetic, which most people think. It's more socialized. In other words, if your role model when you were a kid was your father, and every time something went wrong, he jumped up and started yelling and screaming and went crazy, that's what you saw as your response when you get stressed. Right. Now, inversely, if you grew up with a mother or father that said, oh, don't worry about it, just relax, we'll take care of this, we'll get this done, we'll do this, we'll do that, everything's going to be all right, you're not going to get stressed about things. You're going to remember that, and that's the way you're going to be trained to respond to stress. So if you have a bad stress response now, it's not a given that you're going to have to stay with that. You can change it, and when you change that for the better by reducing your stress, by changing your interpretation... In other words, if you're 10 minutes late for a meeting, say, for example, you're supposed to be in Miami at 9 o'clock and it's 8.50 and you're 20 miles away in traffic that's not moving. That's pretty stressful, right? Because you have a goal that you cannot acquire. Right. Okay, so... I was feeling that stress uh, here earlier when I was stuck <laughs> giving blood and they were dilly-dallying around and you are waiting in my parking lot. <laughs> yeah, but I told you, don't worry about it. But now see how we can change that stress? You call ahead and say, hey... I'm supposed to be there at nine. I'm stuck in traffic. And you know what might end up happening? They say, oh, well, that person that's supposed to meet you is stuck in the same traffic. They're late too, so don't worry about it. So now your stress level goes down. You say, okay, I'll be there around 9.15. Yep. And you have a goal that you can acquire. So it's not so stressful. Sure. It's not as stressful as it is trying to get a goal that you know that you cannot acquire. And the bottom line is you can change your stress by interpretation of your stressors. And when you change your interpretation of those stressors, your stress will go down and you will be healthier and your testosterone levels will be better. Now, there's other things that affect your testosterone level. Chemicals, uh, a big one right here. Plastic water bottles? Or just plastic. Water? We live in a world of plastic and it's only gotten worse with COVID. When you go to get a lunch now, 
in this restaurant you used to Everything sit down and eat. Everything used to go. No, yes, right. exactly. So yeah. even Boston Market, I used to like being able to go there because I could get a plate, a real plate, a real fork, a real knife, and I thought that was great. Now mm-hmm. you go in there, all you get is the styrofoam. Yeah. Well, these start. I, actually, I just read an article the other day, and I don't quote me on the year, but I think they said by 2045, they anticipate that we. Um, can we take a break here? All right, 2045, you said? Yes, by 2045, they're anticipating that there's going to be uh, virtually sterile males throughout the U.S. <laughs> That's, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, and it's because of the plastics that we're consuming so much products from. And think about it, even, I was thinking about it yesterday, and I'm not even sure, I bet you 10 to 1 that there's some condom packets that actually are in plastic so you can't get much closer to your genitals than putting a condom that's been rubbing against this plastic on on your genitals oh, geez, you're going <laughs> to scare everybody now nobody's going to wear a condom well I mean most of them are tinfoil or like a foil type package but the bottom line is that trying to avoid whenever you can the plastic glasses plastic cups and plastic everything that we're you're touching with your skin and you're absorbing through your skin and you're absorbing like a styrofoam plate is being heated up so those plastics are actually releasing more chemicals remember like in a bottle of water think about it what is water it's pure right 100 percent right. pure sure and all these plastics that are it's in is what 100 percent chemicals so uh, things always go from pure to uh, unpure to or the highest concentration of chemicals to lowest and you have no concentration of chemicals in that water so they're always going to when that plastic's heated up so it makes sense when they say don't leave a bottle of water in your car or exactly stuff like that it's heating those chemicals those chemicals chemicals are going to go into that water that you're consuming so it's one thing if the you know it's a fresh bottle of water like if you have even the you know those five gallon jugs and you put it in there and that night you're drinking that water over the next week that's not as bad as the plastic, uh, the water being in that plastic for last month or two months or six months, who sure. knows how long. Um, and you probably even taste that difference. If you remember those gallon jugs that are kind of like an off-white? Yeah. Have you ever drank the, the water in those after they've been in there for a while? Kind of like a milk jug looking? Yeah. It, they taste like crap. Yeah, those chemicals are, are really heavily into that water and you can literally taste it. And that decreases your testosterone there, too? Yes, exactly. Now, one way of countering that is very easy. It's called cruciferous vegetables. So if you take broccoli, cauliflower, kale, all these cruciferous vegetables, they help block those uh, phytoestrogen chemicals that block your testosterone receptors. So by eating phyto... I'm sorry, uh, cruciferous vegetables. I, I try to eat broccoli almost daily, broccoli or cauliflower or something like that. And that certainly has helped. The last time I had my, I'm 55 years old, the last time I had my testosterone checked, it was like around 669, I think it was. And actually the time before that was like 740 or 750 or something. When does it start as a guy, what age does your testosterone start decreasing? I think it's, I, I believe it's after like 30 or 40. Um, but it could be earlier too. Again, it's really when you are doing anything for exercise, your testosterone is going to keep dropping. Uh, testosterone is a, a big booster for test. Uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, for test 
exercise is a big booster for testosterone. And any type of exercise is better than none. But the best exercise to pump up your testosterone, like I've been telling you all along, is high intensity. Uh, I switched in the last two years. I used to always do bodybuilding type workouts. I do you know eight to twelve reps for cutting, and I realized in the last couple of years, especially since I did the research on testosterone, um, I try to keep between three and five reps, and I go as heavy as I can with three to five reps. And if I'm getting five reps, in most cases, I'm dropping that that weight back up or adding more weight to that to so that I'm getting down to one or two maybe even in some cases but hopefully three the next time and uh, I do a lot of uh, different things to try to keep my strength up uh, but obviously sleeping and I do meditations once or twice a day and that's a big stress reliever in itself meditation or you do like trans and dental uh, yeah, yeah yeah TM that's what yeah. I've been trained in for the last 20 plus years I've been doing TM and all of that stuff that you can do to reduce your stress and again the, a big component is just getting your sleep if you're getting less than seven or eight hours sleep you're not optimizing your te uh, testosterone possibilities if you're not getting your water, you're chemically stressing your body. You're dehydrating your body, and that's going to stress your body, and it's not going to function. How many glasses of water a day are you Well, you should be getting, they've always said eight glasses, but if you're out in the sun and you're sweating, you're going to need even more. Mm -hmm. And supposedly, for every cup of coffee, it dehydrates you for two glasses of water. So if you're having four cups of coffee, you better be drinking a hell of a lot of water that day. Really? And What about green tea? Uh, green tea, I'm not sure. Um, there's different types of green tea. Green tea generally has less caffeine, so it should have less diuretic effect. Um, the best green tea for you, in my opinion, is matcha. And it should, should be, hopefully, the best way, if you can get it that way, if you like it that way, is ceremonial green tea. In ceremonial green tea, you actually consume the tea. You put it in your drink, and you drink it. Where regular tea, you steep right. the herbs in your tea and then you pull the tea bag out you're not actually right. consuming that tea with ceremonial you do it with it's a, a powder is it warm water or yeah it's, a, it's a, water or yeah what? it's usually warm water and you put the, the green powder in there and you mix it up and you actually consume all the tea so all that tea is going into your body okay and i think in some ways some research that i've read it actually leads me to believe that i should be actually consuming the tea not just the tea bag i should be opening that tea bag and putting the tea in there and consuming some of the tea. I never heard that before. Yeah. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, there's a lot more nutrients. You're actually consuming the actual herbs. You're going to get more than just steeping it. Yeah. So it's going to be a more efficient way of consuming that tea. So it seems like just about everything we do reduces uh, testosterone. You know, besides, uh, you know, eating more broccoli and what are some other things that increase testosterone you know, besides working out more? Some well, okay. Uh, one simple thing is called PMA, positive mental attitude. You know, having that positive attitude makes a big difference. When you're stressing yourself self out with the negative stuff, you know, and we tend to do that. Um, let me tell you this stat. The uh, I've heard this stat, and I believe it to be true because I've heard it from more than one place. If you take all the chances that somebody can say or do something bad or evil, and you put that in the bottom of a fraction, and on the top, you actually put the numbers of times that somebody says or does something bad or evil, it will always, always, always be under 
1%. So basically, when you're watching the news... Well, you don't hang out with my friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, do. I see them sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the bottom line is that when you watch the news, you're watching that less than 1% that screwed up. And the media wants you to think that's the norm. Right. And they want you to know that this person in Alabama got killed on this bus or this car accident. Do you really need to know that? All that's going to do is create stress in your life. You know, there's people dying every day, but there's millions of people out there. And statistic-wise, that's a lot less than it would be if it were to be, you know, it's not in your neighborhood. It's not the norm. And the bottom line is that our lives are pretty good. You know, we, we tend to focus on the negative. Right. But if you take a, your day and you look at it and say, how many times did I have an accident today? Oh, none. How many times did I get arrested today? None. How many times did I go to the hospital today? None. How, how, did I lose my job today? No. Did I lose my uh, girlfriend today? No. You know, all these things. But we look at those one little thing or one or two things that go wrong and we think our whole day went bad. And then we start focusing on the negative. So you got to look at the big picture. Right. So, you know. And sometimes, believe it or not, sometimes the, the things that seem the worst to you can be the best for you. Losing your job or losing your girlfriend can open the door for that person that's even better for you or that job that's even better for you. And in my opinion, why would you want to be with somebody that doesn't want to be with you that's just going to create stress for them and you? And if sure. you truly love them, you want them to be happy, <laughs> whether it's with you or somebody else. You know, I, I know it's a hard thing when you're in that fresh cut state where you just broke up. Oh, yeah. But the uh, bottom line is that you know, you determine in every scenario whether you want to find the positive or negative. Um, but the bottom line is there's a lot of things that you can do to help yourself. And one of the things is just change your attitude about things. You know, when something negative happens, say there's, there's got to be something good here and find the positive. For example, if you lost a friend that you had for 20 years, you should be grateful that you had him in your life for 20 years instead of being bummed that you don't have him anymore. I mean, yes, you're... I'm not saying you're, you shouldn't ever be bummed about it, but you should be grateful that you had them in your life for 20 years. If you had a job for 20 years, you should be saying, you know, I'm grateful I had that for 20 years. If, I, if I'm out of it now, then there's something better waiting for me. That's a good way to look at things. So basically, to, to wrap things up in a nutshell is get yourself a better positive attitude. Look at the big picture. You know, not everything's as horrible as you think. Reduce as much stress as you possibly can. Any exercise is good exercise. Start eating a little bit more healthier. Get those broccoli, cauliflower, you know, some good greens in your diet. And uh, keep a positive mental state of mind. Exactly. And, uh, things will turn around for you and look up. Exactly. Well, Dr. Tom, I appreciate you coming by today. Hope you had a good time. Hope we can get you back on the show for future advice. Sounds Straighten great. Straighten us knuckleheads around. <laughs> it's my pleasure. All right. It's my job to help. I appreciate you coming by, and thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon on the next episode. Okay, bye, everybody.